0: Hey everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Adam. This is your weekly X-Men podcast, where we rank every story from A to Z.
1: I'm Adam.
0: And I'm Zach. And Adam...
1: Hey, how we doing, Zach?
0: I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm going to talk about some X-Men stuff.
1: <laughs> uh, didn't leave any of uh, your children in a, in a locked closet somewhere, in a locker, uh, perhaps, you know, to forget about them forever?
0: Okay, forever. That's the important part, right there, yes. because as any good parent, you know, sometimes children do need solitary confinement. <laughs> Normally, in larger spaces than uh, Moira McTaggart would put her children in. <laughs> uh, but am I going to say I've never put my son in his room and like closed the doors?
1: Oh well, that's that's called grounding your child. I was thinking more of like labeling them mutant X and and you know um, quarantining them from all of society for the length of their life.
0: No, I haven't done that yet. Uh,
1: it's, it's kind of interesting that uh, major protagonists in the X universe seem to have a problem with this particular issue.
0: Yeah, let's talk about something here. Let's talk about it. Uh, we'll. Yesterday, yesterday, I saw I saw a film.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Uh, I saw the film Dark Phoenix, which, I mean, look, guys, spoilers if you haven't seen Dark Phoenix, though oddly not much to spoil.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'll give you that.
0: Not really. Uh, the whole, skip ahead if you don't want to hear anything. The whole movie is just saying, Charles Xavier, you're bad at being a dad and a father figure, right? like you kind of suck
1: um i think that's a huge part of why and i know you did not like it but i liked it a lot which i do seem to be in the minority here um but that may be one of the biggest reasons why i did like it so much is that they spent a lot of time talking about professor xavier as a jerk
0: look and charles xavier is a jerk we know this i i would not disagree I just do not think that that needed to be the focus of this particular story. While I appreciate the movies after 20 years saying, hey, this guy, this guy does suck a lot, right? And to be fair, I think most of like Days of Future Past was about Charles Xavier, you kind of suck, right? (laughs) And actually a lot of first class was Charles Xavier, you kind of suck, right?
1: Yeah, but they were they were more in a like in first class. It's more that he is sort of this wheedling, you know, manipulative guy. He's a little
0: trash boy,
1: right? But here we really get to see him like in ego mode. Um, we, I don't know. I I like the way they portrayed him in this, and it it pulls on a lot of stuff. You know, we we even get it... a you're not my dad. Uh, avx style from gene at one point i was like oh we're gonna go there
0: (laughs) oh can 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 we can we talk about what might be the most bizarre and also probably my favorite part
1: uh would it be cyclops dropping the (laughs) f-bomb
0: yeah it's it's cyclops who is legally not allowed to cuss saying (laughs) a big cuss and threatening to murder someone and it's out of nowhere and i started cracking up in the theaters and my wife had to hit me
1: It is so fast That a lot of people have actually missed it Um, And when I've talked about it People are like wait I don't remember that happening I don't know how you could have missed it It is a just glorious moment Of uh, superhero cinema That I was not expecting In uh, a PG-13 film
0: Well look The X films (laughs) The X films since like 2001 Have been like Guys we can just swear cusses We can do that (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and
0: look, they've 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 never topped, they've never topped X-Men First Class, which might have the best use of the PG 13, you're only allowed to swear cusses once. Right. You're only allowed to swear that swear that big cuss once.
1: Yeah, the uh the Wolverine cameo scene in first class is uh an utter delight. Um
0: Yeah, it's it's kinda perfect.
1: Yeah, but um I don't know. I, uh, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I thought that a lot of the people's that I've, you know, a lot of the critical response that I've read has been about, um, you know, feeling that it was a little tired, that it, it, you know, it's, it's just this sort of weary ending to the franchise. And I, I don't know. I was just, I went for a good time at the movies and I enjoyed it. I thought that the action was, um, the whole thing had like a small budget feel to me, and I liked that they went with this sort of uh, invasion of the body snatchers thing with the broccoli people. And, um, and it was succinct, you know, I wasn't there to watch a a three and some change Avengers end game. I was there to watch. Yeah. I was there to watch, uh, you know, two hours of the X-Men fighting things. And I was happy to see that, you know, Uh, and I, I understand what people's complaints are, but,
0: that said, this is a odd film where, like, I don't know if Storm had more than ten lines. Nightcrawler did one thing, and it was go on a weird murder spree.
1: Oh, no. Never bought that either.
0: Over, over a guy who was explicitly mean to him earlier. It's like, oh, no, this guy that was not nice to me. He got killed. Guess I got to murder some aliens.
1: <laughs> I I completely can see that, um, you know, but now it's coming out that this was originally supposed to be a two part film. Um, they're talking a lot more coming out about the reshoots of the end.
0: Okay. Okay. Can I say one thing about the reshoots at the end? Uh, uh Look, The fact that that was the most compelling part of the movie means that their whole meta joke about the MCU coming and capturing the X-Men was less effective than they think it was because it just was the best part. (laughs) Anyway, I don't think we're here to talk about that.
1: No, no, no. I, I I think the film's gonna be divisive. Um, you know, clearly it, it's gotten a critical drubbing, but it definitely has its admirers out there and uh wherever you fell on the spectrum, um, you know, I I don't know. I hope you either enjoyed it or that you enjoy tearing it apart whichever it goes but um no we're not we're not talking about uh, dark phoenix we we did that two weeks ago um so which child locked inside of a uh, of a room are we talking about this week
0: oh yeah this week we got proteus yes you know about proteus right he's moira mctaggart's boy
1: yes not to be confused with david holler who i think uh yeah he's not legion
0: no but look he's also very much legion which one of the stories we're going to talk about does deeply address.
1: Yeah, it kind of combines the two, and we'll we'll get to that. But we're going to start with uh, original flavor Proteus here, um, which kind of is a really good precursor to the Dark Phoenix Saga. So um, where this ends is basically where Dark Phoenix Saga begins. And uh, we have uh, Gene kind of Getting studied by Mori- uh, Mo- Moira, Moira at Moira. Oh, Moira. What is wrong with me? I'm saying words wrong again. Um, and uh, it, it turns out that Proteus has escaped and is beginning to invade and zombify other bodies in the neighborhood.
0: Oh, yeah. Here's what Proteus does, guys he's a very powerful reality warping mutant because anyone's kid is a reality warping mutant. <laughs> I'm sorry. But Franklin Richards Proteus Legion Like That's a lot Also Nate Gray
1: Hmm I didn't need that connection before But yeah you're absolutely right
0: Look they do this a bunch Anyway uh, Proteus lived on Muir Island uh, And then he escaped After Magneto escaped It was a whole thing uh, Proteus body jumps into people, mm-hmm. and then burns out their entire mutant powers or their entire body with his mutant powers, and then they die. Right, and then he jumps to another body. Ah, uh, but he's vulnerable to metal for plot-related reasons.
1: <laughs> well, it's a, it's a very good good uh, little uh, kryptonite thing in there because it does lead to a really great climax. But whenever Proteus jumps into these other bodies, he also has the, the ability to kind of send our X-Men on a bit of an acid trip because everything kind of goes weebly wobbly and people don't know where they are. Up becomes down, etc.
0: Yeah. Uh, Proteus screws up Wolverine. Like he, (laughs) he attacks Wolverine and Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler is a little off, wolverine is legitimately like broken (laughs) yeah Yeah,
1: you know he's never had to face something like this before
0: he hasn't though i will say this comic does it well Mm -hmm. uh x-men the animated series does at least the wolverine part of this super well like it's what i keep coming back to because it he feels vulnerable, and especially up to this point, Wolverine had not been vulnerable.
1: Um, I think that that's really fair. I mean, it, it gets to the point where Cyclops actually has to pick a fight with Wolverine and the rest of the X Men to kind of get them back.
0: You mean when? Um, you mean when he gets some scalding hot hot cocoa, throws it in <laughs> Wolverine's face, and says, "Come at me, bro!"
1: Pretty much, which is probably the weakest part of this arc, uh, what, because. It's,
0: what, what, Yes, continue your thought, Adam. You are a valued <laughs> contributor to this podcast, and your opinions matter.
1: No, I mean, it's a hilarious scene, but they take half the issue to have, like, this mock outdoor fight because Scott's, you know, we don't have access to the uh, the danger room, so I'm going to pick a fight with all five of you. And it's like, uh, okay, shouldn't we go find Proteus, who's, you know, zombifying small children and walking around the countryside?
0: From a pacing standpoint? You're probably <laughs> right. Yes. From a character development standpoint, I actually disagree with you a lot. I think that okay. scene does a lot for uh, Wolverine. It does a lot for Cyclops especially. It sets up his role in the team. Like, he'd been the leader before in, up until this point, but he'd been a little bit bland. I mean, he he really had not been the deep nuanced Cyclops that we like today. This is this is the scene where I really started to see, okay, he can uh, he can do a lot. Because he well, really it, knows how to motivate his team. Which yeah, and comes it, into it does... play in the next issue, sorry, but it comes into play at the start of Dark Phoenix Saga when Charles Xavier comes back right. and he tries to give Wolverine a demerit. And Cyclops says, <laughs> yeah. my dude, that's, that's not how this is going to work. They respect me now. They don't know you very well.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it does tie into what happens at the beginning of this arc when they're in the danger room. And Scott is basically saying, like, I don't know if we'll ever become this, like, perfectly cohesive unit, but we have to figure out how to work together. So I I think I'm probably looking at this from, you know, 2019 and going, why is why does Scott need to pick a fight? But if you go back to this era, nothing like that had happened before. So it, it is you know, I understand what you're saying. Um Back to your point about John Byrne and his artwork here. Um, you know, we've seen different incarnations of Proteus over the years and his, as the initial incarnation um, is much more about the zombies of these people that he's inhabiting. It's much less about the reality warping. Um, I'm thinking of the really amazing appearance of Proteus in Astonishing X Men. Um,
0: are you talking about that one issue that ACO drew?
1: Yeah, which is like, you know, just absolutely mind boggling. It, it, it's absolutely gorgeous. So, you know, we're not there on the art evolutionary scale, um, but he still does a pretty convincing job of showing how disoriented the characters are.
0: Yeah, I I think that works well. I think a lot of the action is drawn well, especially in the the last issue, the action Mm -hmm. of the tiger, uh, or the day reality went wild. Uh, I think that really works because you get that. You get a lot of fun elements. You get callbacks to weird other X-Men continuity, or even Marvel continuity, I guess, better at this time. Because you get Havoc and Polaris re-teaming up with the team because they were hanging out on Muir Island. You get a early appearance, possibly. I think possibly like the second appearance of Jamie Madrox is. Yeah, yeah, he in gets this, to like, form a little is...
1: personal search party.
0: He does get really sad when one of his dupes is murdered, which is fair.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's before we start uh, sending them into other people to blow them up. Uh... It's
0: before he just. <laughs> we just keep killing Madroxes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and we're really getting into uh, this whole storyline is all about mommy and daddy issues. Uh, Moira is just straight up chasing around her son with a gun. Um, Proteus makes a beeline to his father, uh, you know, the the divorced dad and inhabits him. Not
0: lit, specifically not divorced. Oh, actually. right. No, that's,
1: he, that's... he has too many. What does he say? Too many benefits from being married to a Nobel Prize winner. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, Joe McTaggart is a politician, uh, and he is a disgusting human being. Mm. Uh, he was abusive to Moira. Uh, will not uh, let her divorce him. Like, th- there's a lot of just bad junk with Joe McTaggart, and that comes with some weird implications from Proteus later in the arc that haven't aged well and probably weren't very great in 1979 either. Uh, uh, but
1: you mean like? How when he inhabits his father, he also inhabits his father's like carnal desires.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that part's bad too. Eh. Uh, there's look, there's a lot of there's a lot of rough stuff around us, but the core story is good. The core themes are good because you get Moira's desperation. You have the X Men going up against something that like feels. Like there's shades of gray to it, which hadn't happened a ton. I mean, the story before this is that very fun murder world story, Mm -hmm. but that was a story about murder world, uh, which is more straightforward.
1: Well, you're going from something that's very silly like that to, you know, when we talk when you were just talking about the things that maybe haven't quote unquote aged well with Proteus, I kind of appreciate that. Claremont is willing to take risks like this and Mm -hmm. have a character that is really, you know, exploring sort of different ends of, uh, deep psychological harm, you know, like a lot of what's going on here has (laughs) everything to do with bad parenting and expectations of our parents and how all of that is like, could be this battle, this, this pitched battle, Um, Not to mention the conclusion of this story, which takes our most peaceful X-Man and because he's made of metal, turns him into a murderer.
0: We are uh, talking about Colossus, not Wolverine. I cannot make that more clear. (laughs) Right. Wolverine also made of metal. Yeah. Uh, But Um, no, I, I love this arc for Colossus because especially if you look at his Entire arc, and this is something Claremont did so well. And one of the downsides of the way we cover stories uh, on this podcast is that we don't get to look at things, you know, from that chronological view that was building these stories. Mm-hmm. But remember, this happens right after that Murder World story. In that Murder World story, was about Colossus feeling like not knowing where he was, not understanding his part on the team thinking that he might need to go back to his homeland and then overcoming everything and saying, no, this is my family, this is my place, and I'm going to do anything to protect him. And that gets put to the test four issues later at the end of the Proteus saga, where he has to cross a line that he does not want to cross, cross a line that, you know, at 19 is everything against him. Remember, he's a kid. He is the youngest member of the X-Men. And he has to say, you know what? There's a kid my age you know, Proteus, he is a, he is an older teen and I'm going to have to kill him to save the world and save everything. And maybe there would be a better solution, but we don't have time for it. And that conflict is so good for Pietro Rasputin.
1: Um, Absolutely. And I love, it's, it's a half page splash of Colossus grabbing Proteus and Proteus sort of dissolving into this uh, weird tangle of white energy that's flowing out of the uh, the body. And I, I don't know, I, I just like the way this all wraps up um, because it, you're right. A lot of this is about the character development of the team um, and where it leaves Colossus going forward is uh, it's a tough place. Um, yeah. Not to mention that I think we talked a little bit about this in our Dark Phoenix episode lot of you know mastermind gene gray phoenix stuff happening in this arc as well
0: bunch of setup for that here this is Mm -hmm. actually we actually get the first time that scott and gene get to see each other since scott thought gene was dead back in like uncanny 112 or 114 or whatever it was
1: i I like that they uh leave hank in new york because they're in such a hurry
0: (laughs) why did they even have hank in the i i Hank wasn't even in the murder world story.
1: No, he pops up in the Quingjet. He says, I'm still alive. He says, We've got to go to uh, your Island. And then they're like, All right, we got to get out of here. So uh, Hank's, Hank's park in the Quingjet. We
0: got to get out of here.
1: <laughs> they just abandon him. Um, I like this. I think this is like really classic X Men. This um, is
0: underrated. This is legitimately in. For for as underrated as the Cockrum Burn X-Men can be, which is that's like saying, have you heard of The Godfather? It's not as it's not as well known as The Godfather 2, but The Godfather's <laughs> pretty good, guys.
1: Well, we have uh all right, I, I always forget to introduce the list. Do you want to introduce the list?
0: I do want to introduce the list, and yeah, thank you, Adam. The list. It's very respectful uh for you and for our guests who may not Uh, Our guests being our listeners, our guest listeners. Y'all are guests in our home of this podcast. Uh, And occasionally some of you are guests in my actual home that one time. Uh, Anyway, we have 237 (laughs) stories on our list uh, from best to worst X-Men stories of all time. Number one is The Dark Phoenix Saga. Number two, Days of Future Past. Number three is Astonishing X-Men. Gifted. And then all the way down at the bottom. Uh, we've got number 235, NYX, uh, 236, X-Men Phoenix, Legacy of Fire, and number
1: 237, The Draco. Hey, who requested this? Did we, did we mention that?
0: We didn't. I was going to work it in organically, but now's as good a time as ever to say, hey, Brian Fleetwood, thank you for going on over to patreon.com slash Xavier Files, throwing as little as $2 our way, and saying, you know what, guys? It'd be swell if you talked about Proteus. I like him a lot which is great because i want to talk about proteus
1: yeah um so we currently have the arc before this at number 17 uncanny x-men 123 to 124 murder world and we have the dark phoenix saga which happens directly after this at number one is the proteus uh arc somewhere in between those two
0: i would say yes
1: all right so we got a top 20 story here folks where we really do go Uh,
0: do you think this is better than the mutant massacre at number 15 yes then i think it goes right above it because i love this story a lot i don't think it's better than uncanny x-men volume 2 number 19 the passion of scott summers
1: i think that's a good place to put it and i I wouldn't put it above what's uh 13 which is mike Carey's and bachalo bachalo's uh x-men supernovas yeah that's
0: that's the thing it's It's either going right above and right below it, and I really like that story, so we're going to go right below it. Uncanny X-Men, 125 to 128, The Proteus Saga.
1: Nice. Good showing, Proteus. Um, Yeah. Now, this is not—we have talked about Proteus on this show before with our Star Trek crossover—
0: oh dag dag <laughs> yeah that happened i forgot man that's, guys that star trek crossover is buck wild it
1: is bonkers um but this is not the only uh proteus appearance so despite the fact that at the end it looks like proteus is uh dissolved into whatever light uh he doesn't just go away
0: no, uh, he comes back in a story that we're not going to talk about because I didn't want to dig up those annuals. Uh, but then he dies at the end of Kings of Pain, and then comes back again in X Men Legacy two thirty one to two thirty three. Necrosha. Now, Adam. Yes, sir. What, what you what you know about Necrosha? Uh,
1: Necrosha, if I remember correctly, is the storyline where Celine brings uh all of the dead x-men back am i am i wrong or all the dead mutants like we've even got destiny here and
0: yeah here's what happens this is the uh this is actually the cap of the chris Kyle and craig yost uh x-force run mm. it just turned into an event uh Celine, Celine, Selene wants all the dead mutants in the world to eat their souls and so she can become a god. So there's a bunch of zombies, like Zombie Maggot shows up for a little bit.
1: (laughs) Yup, he gets uh, blasted by Cyclops.
0: Because
1: Utopia is under attack.
0: Yeah, and then canonically, canonically he just gets up and says well, screw this, and walks away <laughs> and lives his life for years and years until he gets a psychic summoning to go to the age of X-Man. <laughs> Which... <laughs> surprise X-Man update.
1: I was going to say, we haven't had one of those in a while. What's the We have
0: update? Uh, y'all know that this is actually a couple issues old, but I just remembered. Y'all know what maggots doing in the age of X-Man. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. He's like homegrown terror boy.
0: Yeah, he's a domestic terrorist. Though you say domestic terrorist, he's he's fighting an oppressive reg- regime, so you may call him a freedom fighter. He's very it's... much into love. He is mm-hmm. not directly associated with Apocalypse, but does like his teachings and thinks he might have some good ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he feeds his good, good slugs hamburgers. <laughs> Also, he might have had Annale go do a school bombing. Yeah,
1: I, we don't know what's happened We don't yet. know what happened quite yet there. But, I uh, think that does, issue
0: comes out on Wednesday.
1: It does look as,
0: like that. as we As we... You guys have not heard this. And we've not read it. Because it comes out the Wednesday that is now. If you're listening to this the day it comes out.
1: Right. We're time traveling here.
0: Anyway. Uh... That's your X-Man update. Age of X-Man has now kicked it into full gear. Uh, Jubilee's starting a riot. Oh and Richter's God. starting a riot.
1: Loving it. Loving that. Um, there's a riot. There's a prison riot in Prisoner X. There's lots of riots.
0: There's riots for days. Yeah, they're uh,
1: exploding and there are riots. Um, now, back on Utopia, Blindfold has received a message from uh Destiny. Yes, Who has been brought back from the dead. And yeah. they send a team. And uh, it basically is a trap because Proteus is there.
0: Yeah, uh, Mike Carey, who writes this issue, does want to tie into some of the interesting things that he can do with them saying, hey, you can use any dead X-Men character. Mm-hmm. He also has no desire to actually play with the Necrotia storyline. Just oh, he none abandons at all. it
1: very quickly, you know it's like, oh, we're fighting on the utopia uh guys we we really have to go. um, we're gonna go to uh demure Island real quick, and uh, uh Proteus inhabits blindfold and starts kicking everybody's butt um and this everybody it's a
0: weird squad that because it's so this is Mike Carey's legacy run, so Rogue is there, obviously, always, yes. Husk is there, Psylocke is there, Colossus is there, Blindfold, Nightcrawler, Magneto.
1: Recently, and then, uh, turned Magneto, right?
0: Yeah, he's he's with the uh, with that team. Uh, him and Rogue have some sexual tension. Sexual, sexual tension. tension. Sexual, sexual tension. tension.
1: Well, uh, but Magneto is flirting quite a bit. Rogue, I don't know if she's really having it here. <laughs> He's laying it on pretty thick. Uh
0: yeah, give it and I'm not even joking about this, Adam. Give it like three issues. Things get hot. Alright. Uh which this is Clay Mon uh drawing this and he knows how to draw attractive women. That's something he does to his detriment on occasions. Uh <laughs> also trance is on this team. Adam, what do you know about France? Hope Abbott
1: uh trance can astrally project herself uh for what appears to be reconnaissance purposes but uh this is the only time i've ever seen trance in a story before
0: yeah she's one of the lesser new x-men kids mm. you've read you've read stories she's been in i know because i've read them too but so yeah she's, just she's
1: been standing around and i wasn't paying attention um yeah so... she's
0: she's wallpaper
1: The normal thing of, hey, Colossus is going to go grab uh, Proteus and and dissolve him does not work here. Uh, Colossus is basically thrown like a tennis ball into the Blackbird, which is miles away. Um, And I got to say, the action ratchets up pretty quickly because to get, uh, because Proteus can now inhabit multiple bodies at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And Magneto is basically like, all right, buddy, you want to fight? we're going to space <laughs> and grabs a, a chunk of earth and just like flies them into the sky. Uh, while rogue absorbs the, uh, psychic knife of Psylocke and starts to take out the rest of the, uh, possessed. It's pretty cool. Yes, It's,
0: it's a solid story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but I don't know like how great it is. It's like, It's like a good unit of, honestly, for an event tie-in, a pretty good self-contained, like, here's three issues. They're going to be okay. You're not going to, you know, cancel your subscription based on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, it has really good Destiny and Rogue stuff in it. Um,
0: Oh, yeah, because Destiny and Rogue hug. And Destiny said, you're a good daughter. Tell Raven that I miss her and I love her.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some really nice character moments there. Blindfold gets uh, a nice chunk of airtime at
0: the beginning and the end of this story. Um, Yeah, Blindfold gets confirmation that she is a she's Destiny's granddaughter.
1: Somehow. uh, Destiny doesn't care to elaborate, which she never does. Uh, Also
0: that she has a brother who Destiny (laughs) says you'll never find. You'll Mm -hmm. never hear about him. Mhm. Anyway, he becomes big in the Sai Spurrier X-Men Legion. I guess X-Men Legacy, but the Legion uh story that's very good. Right. Uh so that's a weird it's weird that they dropped that thread for like 5 years before picking it back up again.
1: That's the kind of thing I could see Cy, uh Spurrier doing. Um I don't know. I like this. I think Clayman's art here is fantastic. I really like the pacing and the action of this. Um it pits x-men versus x-men in really fun ways. Husk gets a lot to do here action-wise. And uh, you know, as a tie-in to a larger event where we just have these characters going off on a side mission, it's pretty good. It it definitely does not pack the same kind of wallop that the initial Proteus arc did because we're not dealing with familial issues here. You're not we're we're not aside from the destiny aspect you know this is much more of a proteus is just a villain and we need to get rid of him um situation which they do but he's very formidable here and i i think that makes for a heightened uh sense of alarm as part of this story
0: yeah it's good i like it i don't uh i just don't love it like this doesn't stick out to me i guess yeah it's uh, not bad it's just not it's not memorable.
1: Um yeah, I think if you want like a really good just f- I and I was thinking a little bit about the uh, the Nimrod New X-Men story. Um that one's better, but It is, yes. The, and that is
0: where is that on our list?
1: But the kind of like amped up action uh where, you know, things just start hitting and they keep keep getting a little more escalated as you go across the the issues i think you'll like this um it's definitely worth checking out
0: Mm -hmm. so that story is at number 69 on our list right now the new mutants nimrod no i
1: don't i don't think this is nearly that high um
0: is it better or worse than battle of the atom hmm. which is at 95 right now
1: um that's a great question i'm looking at some of the things that are under that and i think that might be a little too high um i think i liked psych wars better than this at 99 mm-hmm. i think i liked extermination at 100 better than this
0: uh, uh how do you feel about this compared to the rogue miniseries from the 90s the howard Mackey and uh uh ringo
1: oh i like one. this better than that um, okay
0: okay that's at 116 know, right now
1: you know what i think this might be comparable to at 109 we have the uh the X-Men blue cross time capers, which again, like cool action, hitting some cool points, uh, pretty solid artwork throughout, uh, but maybe not the most memorable story.
0: I agree with you there. Now a couple spots up from that though mm-hmm. is astonishing Tales Mojo world, which I think is better than this. Yep. and I think I do think web of Spider-Man annual number two where uh, Warlock becomes a Godzilla, is better than this.
1: I think the at 108 the uncanny we call it the stuff around 275 is probably better than this too if only because So you that, think
0: that is better. So Yeah. Sh- yeah. Should this I mean, be the new 109? Because,
1: yeah, I think that's a good spot for it. Now we've got one more Proteus story here that kind of mashes up a lot of different elements of So different takes on this character, right?
0: It is so. This this is Ultimate X Men World Tour. This is sixteen through nineteen of Ultimate X Men. Uh, by Mark Millar. Uh, Andy Kubert does the first two. I'm sorry, Adam, 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 not you. Yeah. Adam. Ooh. Adam Kubert.
1: <laughs> it scared
0: me. I was like, what, what, what? I'm sorry. I got his name <laughs> yes. wrong. I felt bad.
1: Yeah. Adam, anyway, I, Adam.
0: Adam Kubert does the first two issues, and Chris Batchelor does the last two.
1: Um. And this is an interesting premise that kind of lines up pretty well with um, the Charles Xavier that we saw in dark Phoenix recently, because
0: it is because this Charles Xavier is a jerk
1: and uh, very much a, you know, wants to be a media darling. We are on world tour because he's written this book and, you know, he's going to take the team from city to city to city. But, things are going to get hairy because we realize that not only is he, uh, you know, not necessarily the best guy to his team as his team is figuring out, but he's got a past and that is going to catch up with him.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Charles Xavier had a son, uh, from his wife, Moira McTaggart. Yes. uh, Who he's divorced. Also, he has a secret secondary school that his mysterious, uh, His mysterious benefactors have given him money to start that Moira runs. And I love so many elements of this. One, great. Uh, He has a secret son with Moira, and that's Proteus, whose name is David Xavier. Uh, (laughs) Which is a little confusing, but works. Because it takes the elements of Legion that work, mixes it with the elements of Proteus that work, and puts it into a better character.
1: Well, like it, 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 it distills it to a really
0: good space.
1: Yeah, there's a different context here, too, um, which I really appreciate. And I think you called this out on Twitter the other day, is the idea that Xavier essentially left uh, Moira for Eric. You know, that's sort of the implication, is that by meeting mm-hmm. Magneto, um, that is why Charles abandoned his wife and his son. I <laughs> which mean, is he, kind was, of
0: a, he was... In in all ways but sexual, and we only say that because this comic's not explicit, uh, he had an affair with Magneto.
1: (laughs) That's that's pretty much what it says. That ended his marriage Mm -hmm.
0: and led him to abandoning his son. And I love this because Ultimate X-Men has so many faults. But remember, this is back in 2002 Mm -hmm. uh, when making Charles Xavier a jerk like an explicit textual jerk was still a new and vibrant thing. And I honestly think this read of him is better than most things that came after it. As far as saying, Hey Xavier, you suck actually.
1: Well, it's smart uh, in taking some of the elements that already existed in uncanny, putting a really good spin on them um, and, and telling a a new story with it. Um, We've got, you know, the existing ultimate team, the other, you know, Proteus always needs somebody to inhabit, and in this case, it turns out to be um, Betsy Braddock, who here is some kind of like secret investigator, mutant investigator.
0: Yeah, she works for Strike. Uh, they're they're are British Shield,
1: <laughs> right? Um, so Proteus does her in- and
0: Die Thomas. Ultimate Die Thomas is in this, which is great. <laughs>
1: Uh, and there, there's some other subplots going through here. Um, particular, Colossus again, because, you know, Colossus does get a, uh, a big spotlight in the original Proteus arc. He is also a big focal point here because he's choosing to leave the Ultimate X-Men team and go back to his daily life. Um, and we get and about I two love th- it thirds through here. And... Great sequence where he's basically telling Gene and Cyclops, like, you guys just don't get it. Like, you do not understand that I can shut this off and other people can't. And you don't understand that Xavier is, you know, what he is and he's manipulating all of you. And so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do my life. You know what I mean?
0: I love how disillusioned he is. It works so well because he's just like, guys, you're my friends ish kind of you don't really talk to me and that's fine whatever i don't care but charles xavier's a manipulative dude he's been lying to us and he's building us to be child soldiers and i just got out of what's essentially uh, his two arcs so far his two arcs so far has been he was working with russian arms dealers and not fully consensual about that Mm -hmm. And then he got made an assassin for Weapon X, like all the rest of the X-Men. So Cyclops is kind of, or Colossus is kind of fed up with people trying to make him a weapon, because he's a generally chill dude.
1: Yeah, I think what's uh, lucky for us as readers is that um, through some needling, we get (laughs) Cyclops and Jean convincing Cyclops to save a uh, sinking Russian sub and then Colossus comes to save the day in the ultimate conflict with uh, Proteus. Um,
0: well, I so I love one thing about that. Yeah. You know how if his entire arc is Colossus not saying, I don't want to be someone's soldier anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What turns him around, what brings him back to the team, isn't having to fight some bad guy. It's not that we can't defeat Proteus without you. Mm-hmm. It's that there's people who are going to die And he can do something about it. He can save lives. He can use his power not to be someone's weapon, but to be, like, productive in society. And I love it. And that spread where – or that – it's a two-page spread where he's laying there after dragging a submarine up from the bottom of the ocean.
1: It's a pretty pretty cool uh, sequence. You know, as he – yeah, it's a surprise when you realize that he's going to do it. And then the way in which uh, uh, Bachalo actually illustrates it is silent and it's very cool. Um, I, I think if I take issue with any of it, um, it may be that you, and you guys know that we both love Chris Pachalo very, very much. Um, when Proteus is in Betsy's body, he sort of becomes a Chris Pachalo character with like he chains does. coming out of his head. And he's almost like a very scrawny sugar man. Um, yep. Uh, and it, it's a little strange. I mean, it, it, doesn't, it's a lot. <laughs> it doesn't serve the story particularly. <laughs> it's a mild complaint. I like the storyline in general.
0: Look, no, no, Chris, favorite, favorite writer, or excuse me, favorite, uh, draw boy, favorite draw boy in all of X-Men. Chris is a little extra in this one.
1: <laughs> He's got, like, nails coming out of his head and piercings, and uh, it's just, it's a little much.
0: He's got big old Chris Pachalo sunglasses.
1: Yep, yep.
0: Oh, uh, it's, it's. It sure is something it's memorable but yeah this is it's a good conflict i like what it does i think this this is like kind of the distillation of what the ultimate universe should be at all times Mm -hmm. like if i want to point to anything it's these four issues where it shows these are all the characters these are that their dynamics this is an updated version like this is you know as far as story beats go Pretty similar to the Proteus Saga that Claremont and Byrne did. Sure. Yeah. But it feels new and different enough that I can read these things back to back and not feel like I'm getting a complete rehash.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the whole subplot of everyone starting to kind of turn on Xavier is uh, is done very, very well here. So you do get a different perspective on uh, the, it's a great spin on the, on the original storyline. I, I think it's really cool. I, and we didn't even know uh, note that Colossus by saving the day has to just basically drop a minivan on top of Proteus, which is great. That
0: part, that, that panel is pretty good. Colossus just saved it with a, like a double decker bus or something on <laughs> yeah. top of Proteus. He's like, I did it.
1: Yep. I, I got Thanks, him. Thanks guys. I squashed, squashed him. Um Well, at 67 on the list we have ultimate x-men volume one tomorrow people i know you're a big fan of that launch is this better or worse than that
0: this is better than tomorrow people
1: okay i would agree this I is think this, this is, is, is my
0: favorite that. arc from the mark millar uh, ultimate x-men for sure
1: okay how high do you want to go
0: it's not better than number 42 E is for extinction
1: no i would agree uh that is the battle world secret wars E is for extinction
0: Um, it's it's probably not better than 53 which is planet x
1: no you're probably right i don't think it is um it might though be better than the first six issues of x factor volume three
0: i kind of agree with that so that would be our new number 54 on this list
1: I think that's a great spot for it.
0: Yeah, uh, Ultimate X Men World Tour, uh, guys. This one's this one's pretty good. <laughs>
1: yeah, check it out. Um, good art, good story, and if you like your, you know, if you like to get your hate on for, <laughs> for Professor X, it's another good story for that.
0: Okay, can I tell you one of my favorite weird things about the Ultimate Universe, like? They did something so stupid about this that I can't even believe it.
1: Yeah, you were going to reveal something about this uh, storyline to me.
0: Okay, so let's talk about Psylocke here.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: if you were going to describe her ethnicity based on the art, what would you say? It, are we Do we got a Quanon situation or do we got a British Betsy?
1: Well, I think she's being written as... Irish, maybe. I, I, I mean, she's definitely supposed to be, at least the way she, she's speaking, you know, and the, and the, the references she's making to geography. I assumed that, but but the way she's being drawn, it could she could be Asian, so somewhere in yeah. Between. So
0: I I always read this as she's okay. They're they're just doing ultimate version of Psylocke. so she's just. An Asian woman who grew up and lives in the UK. And that's not weird. No. That's the simplest way to get, to have your cake and eat it too when it comes to Psylocke.
1: I'm guessing it's more complicated.
0: So she dies at the end of the story, right? Yes,
1: because uh, Proteus is inhabiting her. And when we talked about Colossus dropping a vehicle on Proteus, he's killing Betsy Braddock.
0: Yeah, so the next issue is at her funeral. Uh, and it's more set up for a different story, which is why we didn't cover it here. Uh, but we find out. We find out that uh, Betsy Braddock did die. But before she died, she was able to transmit her consciousness into the comatose body of a woman in a hospital nearby named Kwanin, who was a Japanese ninja.
1: It just happens to be in a local hospital. That's great.
0: They just have... They just... Oh, look, you have the Ultimate Universe. You have a chance to go clean slate on all this. (sighs) And you
1: still choose to do the quantum thing? X-Men, everybody. (laughs) Comics, everybody.
0: Guys, Mark Millard. Look, we just got done saying so many nice things about you, but you did a bad one here. Hmm. That was a a stinker of a plot choice on your part.
1: Uh, Well, we'll have to avoid that for the moment, as uh, it was not officially part of the world tour. Uh, It wasn't
0: part of the world tour. And yeah, uh, I think that means we're done with the episode, right? That's three?
1: I think so. One, two, three, Proteus uh, keeps getting squished.
0: I would like to thank Patreon supporter Brian Fleetwood. Uh, for choosing this whole theme for us, Brian went over to patreoncom slash Files through money our way, and it really helps. He got an entire episode built around his suggestion, and you can too if you do the same thing that he did. Any amount helps. Uh, at the if we get up to three hundred dollars a month on the Patreon for our newest goal, I'll start a bonus spin-off podcast uh, mini series where me and Luz Bianca talk about the X Men anime. Just the anime.
1: Very cool.
0: It'll be good. It'll be good. I I previously had a podcast that was similar about a better X-Men program, but we're going to get back to that in just a second.
1: Yes, we are. uh You
0: can also find me on Twitter at Xavier Files uh, or XavierFiles.com. That's where I have all the latest – all that stuff that I always say that, you know, where you can find X-Men website stuff uh adam what you what you what what's up with you
1: <laughs> guys you can always follow me on twitter at Arthur Stacey. got new pages of bish and jubes the cross time conundrum coming out every x-men monday at adamreck.tumblr.com and if you'd like art by yours truly in your inbox uh every day um you can get that for as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash adamreck and uh we are going to talk about uh, another forgotten son uh next week right Oh sorry.
0: Uh also if you if you want some interesting content from Adam and I, uh last week on sketched.com, uh there is a very exciting draft that we did with David Harper and Brandon Burpee from over there, uh, where we uh we draft X-Men teams for the upcoming Hickman relaunch books.
1: It it, it was so much fun. <laughs> that was a really great idea.
0: I'm not gonna spoil it. But I have a very specific team that I can't stop thinking about, and now I just want to pitch this book. But I'm not a comic book writer, and I'd be very bad at it. I think the uh, pitches, which is why it's not happening.
1: The, the pitches are pretty solid. I, I thought they turned oh, Adam, out pretty great.
0: Adam, it's that's the thing though. I can pitch anything, but then <laughs> then you sit down and say, okay, I need 20 pages uh, written of this, and then I need a 12 issue outline, and then a detailed outline for the first arc. Yeah, it's going to fall apart.
1: That's where you get stumped. All right.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's like the kid who always had the idea. He didn't want to do all the hard work to make video games. He wanted to be <laughs> the ideas guy.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, definitely check that out. It is. A, it was a lot of fun to participate in that. Um, and I think you'll like what we came up with. They're pretty cool.
0: Yeah, if you're a Skech, uh subscriber, we'll put a link to it below. And then you can get it. Uh, anyway.
1: We talked about Proteus this week. Next week, uh, we're, we're talking about the other Forgotten Son, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, next week, guys. Next week, we're going to talk about Legion. Because there's a Legion TV show coming. Coming yeah, soon. Season three. And at one point in my life, uh, some would call it two years ago. <laughs> I put a lot of effort into thinking about Legion Mm -hmm. with my friend from across the pond, Matt Sibley. And guys, next week, Legion Quest is back. Oh, but until then, this has been Battle of the Atom, and we hope you survived the experience. Get it!